a golden god! An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> Who's weirder, you or me? You just put the law on my hands, and I'm gonna break your heart. Nobody puts baby in the water. Whatever you do, don't fall Welcome back to Movies for Life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Kuyper. And I'm your other co-host, Michelle Egan. And once again, we have one of our Friends Forever Favorites episodes coming your way today. And these are so much fun, and we've really been enjoying doing these. Today, I'm so excited to introduce our guest, who is a writer I admire a great deal, very talented cosplayer and <laughs> and uh, lots of podcast appearances yeah. too. It's been wonderful, you know, seeing that list of podcasts. I've actually had the joy just killing it. Yeah, I've had the joy of being sort of an unofficial co-guest host with her on Scaredy Cats multiple times, <laughs> uh, which has been wonderful. So today we're introducing our good friend uh, Jessica Scott to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! Hi. I'm so happy to finally be talking to you. Exactly. We talk on Twitter all the time, but we've never actually interacted like this. So it's awesome. I know. It's pretty cool. And I'm so happy with the the movie that you brought us today because this is going to be really fun. And it was one that I was excited to see for myself. I saw you tweeting about it that you had never seen it before. So I'm extra thrilled because I love introducing people to movies. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that I, like, I was the one who was like, no, go watch it now. So. Yeah. <laughs> So when I asked you what movie you would like to bring, I had no clue what you were going to pick. I thought, I don't know, maybe Suspiria, maybe Texas oh, Chainsaw, yeah. <laughs> maybe. But that you get to talk about those movies all the time, though, because you're on mm-hmm. horror podcasts a lot. And I get that. That's sort of, you know, where a lot of your writing is or where a lot of my writing is. So, you know, people ask us to do stuff on horror a lot. Yep. So tell us. The movie that you brought that I never would have guessed in a million years, and I love <laughs> that either. You picked. Yeah, yeah, so it was a huge surprise. I picked um, the Umbrellas of Cherbourg, uh, written and directed by Jacques Demy, uh, released in 1964. One of my absolute favorite movies, and yet, yeah, like you said, I love getting to talk about horror with people. It's a big passion of mine. But I don't get an opportunity very often to talk about movies that are not horror. So I thought, this is the movie. This is the movie that I have to talk about because I don't get a lot of opportunities for non-horror movies very often. That's one of the things we've really loved about doing this. This is our third one and everybody's been like, yeah, I I get an opportunity to talk about something that I don't get to talk about a whole lot. And something that you're just really passionate about, that's where the fun of it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is it exactly about this movie? I mean, what's your story with this movie? Okay. Um, honestly, I don't remember how old I was when I first saw this movie. I want to say maybe 14, 15. 
I went through kind of a French film phase for a while. I was really into Alphaville, mm. and um, which is very different from this movie, but it has yeah. a couple of a couple of similarities, mainly in language. Like if you are learning French, I think this movie and Alphaville are perfect because of the way they slow down spoken language, so you can understand it better. Mm. Um, that is like, a good point. I hadn't <laughs> that hadn't occurred yeah? to me. That's a wonderful yeah. point. Yeah, I don't rely on the subtitles nearly as much with this in Alphaville as I do other movies because you know spoken French is so much faster. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I just I went through a French film phase, and I've always loved musicals, and this was just God the color. I I think anybody who hears me talk about movies, I'm obsessed with color in film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is a great example of that. It, yeah. it is. <laughs> oh, my God. The cinematography, the, just the, the music, the score is gorgeous mm-hmm. um, by Michelle Legrand. And I fell in love with it. I sobbed like a baby the first time I watched it. I've never been able to watch this without crying. I'll probably start crying in the middle of this podcast. So apologies for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, I just fell in love with the story, with the colors, uh-huh. with the way it looked. And it's just it's something I revisit every few years just because this is a movie that unabashedly loves movies and it yes. hit me at such a formative age that it deepened my love for movies just by watching it love movies if that makes sense mm-hmm. oh, sure. yeah. so the, when i think of like that keanu reeves thing gosh i love movies this is one of the movies i think <laughs> right. of when I think of that, because this is a movie that loves movies. And I know right. we'll get into how it expresses that. But this is yeah. just what I think of when I think about loving film. I think of The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. That's kind of what I was yeah. thinking while I was watching it for the first time. Because when I was reading about it, when um, Brian told me that this was your pick, and I was like, okay, a musical where there's no dialogue, really. All the dialogue is sung. I was like, oh, my God, what if I hate this? Because I don't know what that, that <laughs> be like, you know, because you don't know how that's going to turn out. But then as soon as it started and even just like the opening credits where it was just a very coordinated shot of people walking mm. through in the umbrellas, mm. I was like, OK, this movie knows what it's doing. And I'm already kind of in love with it. <laughs> <laughs> it just went on and on from there. And I wasn't bothered at all by the fact that the whole movie is sung. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I was just so visually uh, struck by the movie too. Yeah. What's funny about the movie is after a while, I almost kind of forget that they're singing. Kind you know, of. <laughs> it, it's very, very odd. It's just kind of like, you know, it just feels just natural part of this mm-hmm. world. You know, it's just accepted. It doesn't feel like, oh, wow, they are singing. No, that's uh-huh. just the way that people in this world communicate. And you just kind of go along with it it's really it's really cool and it's a very unusual musical i mean for those of you who have not seen this movie which i imagine there are some probably quite a few who haven't well first of all it's on hbo max so it's on criterion uh, too it's sort of available and it's around but one of the things i was struck by the first time i saw this too was how not like a musical but like a musical it is yeah (laughs) Which is completely contradictory, of course, but um, in the color palette and everything, it very much looks like a grand MGM musical from that era. You know, it looks like Singing in the Rain and and the Bandwagon, things like that. It really has that pastel color palette going on, and it's really beautiful to behold. 
But then there are no like traditional dance numbers. The music isn't really structured into songs or forms. It's kind of through composed um, all the way through. It's almost like it's a recitative, you know, rather without arias. It's it's yeah. very interesting as a person who's consumed a lot of musicals and a lot of musical theater over the years. And, you know, to some extent opera, because I had to in college mostly, but I actually found myself enjoying it quite a lot. It, there's, it's just unlike any other musical that I've ever seen. It's unlike any movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I think that's fair too. In a very, very good way. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I like what you said about you start getting used to, the fact that everything is sung, because that's part of this love affair with movies that this film has, that it creates this hyper reality yeah. where it's so artificial and calling attention to its own artifice that it circles back around and becomes even more real to mm -hmm. me. Because, you know, you're, everything is sung and you start to realize that if somebody just stopped and spoke it would sound very strange. Right. And, you know, it, it just keeps calling attention to like, you were talking about the music. I love that the score to this movie, I God, this is going to sound pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> the score to this movie is a lot like life. There's no resolution. There are just recurring themes that you start to notice. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, she falls in love with Guy and then this man comes along and tries to make her fall in love with him. We don't really know how she truly feels about him. He's just convenient mm -hmm. at a time when someone being pregnant would not be acceptable, a single pregnant woman. And, you know, the Guy and Genevieve's love theme recurs. You know, right. Roland Cassard mm -hmm. starts, sing starts singing that theme when he's talking about being in love with her. It's just, you know, themes pop up and weave in and out of your life, but there's never any resolution, musical or existential i guess you'd say god forgive me for being so pretentious i'm so sorry <laughs> no, i like no, that i love that i think that's, that's wonderful great. insight <laughs> yeah. actually yeah <laughs> but I, you know like the, one of my favorite shots I'll, I'll probably spend a lot of time saying okay this is why i love this shot when guy learns that he's been drafted for two years in the war in algeria he and genevieve he's got his bicycle next to them but they're it's almost like they're floating down the street. Yes, yes I love pulled. that. Oh my God. Oh, and it calls, it doesn't want to hide it. It wants to say, look how artificial this is. Look how cinematic this is. We are in a movie. You're watching a movie. Look how gorgeous it is. It's calling attention to itself at all times. And that's one of my favorite shots because it's just so mm -hmm. unreal, but real for these people. Yes. And I'm just, I'm obsessed with the beauty of that. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. You're never going to sound pretentious on this show. If you love it, you love it. <laughs> it. I mean, I don't know if there's a shot in this movie that is just not like perfectly composed. Right. You know, mm -hmm. that you could not just hang on the wall and go, this is a beautiful work of art. I mean, exactly. It's things like that that are almost like the dance numbers of this or yes. the opening, the opening credits. I mean, has, is this mm -hmm. wonderfully choreographed uh, mm -hmm. movement of people through the frame and the camera itself kind of dances in motion around yeah. all these people throughout the, I, I just adore the way that is done. It pulls in some of these conventions of the musical without being just like them. It's very interesting how, how it all works together. Yeah. And, and it comments on musicals, some of the 
I guess, dialogue, you'd call it, even though it's yeah. sung. You know, um, Genevieve's mother talks about people only die of love in movies. Mm-hmm. And Guy's co-worker says, I don't like the opera. There's too much singing. I like yes. the movies I like better. the movies. I, I love, love that. that part. Yeah. That, is, that, is, that, is, that is the moment where it's like, hey, check this out. We're being a little bit meta here. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but, it's, but, it's, but it's funny and it's entertaining. Yeah. Not in a way that's pretentious. Yeah. It's very affectionate. Yeah. Like, yes. it's not, it's never making fun of things. I'm I'm not a huge fan of meta when it's like poking fun. Right. I'm a big fan of meta when it's done affectionately. And this is very affectionate. Yes. That's the perfect yeah, word for it. I yeah. Would, yeah. I love that. In the sixties, you had so many French filmmakers and critics who just adored American cinema. And it shows mm. in this, you know, those, yes. those lavish MGM musicals are clearly in the DNA of this movie uh, in a wonderful way. Yeah. And I, there's another scene. This might be just me interrupting you and saying, and one more scene that I love. It feels very much like a musical moment from, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll come up with it in a minute. But when uh, Genevieve and her mother are in the wedding dress shop mm-hmm. and we're panning down and it, the, again, the camera's kind of dancing, like you said, Brian, and we're kind of moving down all these mannequins wearing veils and wedding dresses. Then we come to Genevieve and she's standing still like a mannequin wearing a veil and she looks directly into the camera she does that a few times mm-hmm. and then we have this quick cut to her looking into the camera as she's at the wedding. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm fascinated by them breaking the fourth wall that way, yeah. which again is very, you know, very French new wave, but it's kind of making the viewer question what's going on with her because it only happens when she's kind of submitting to Roland. Uh, it happens at the, the table when table, she finds yeah. the bean yeah. And, you know, I have no other choice. I guess you're my king. You know, that's the only other time she looks into the camera like that. And I'm really fascinated with not implicating the viewer, but kind of looking right at the viewer and saying, are you paying attention to this part? Mm-hmm. And I just it's so heartbreaking to me that they do that. But it's so beautifully shot, those quick cuts and the cut when Guy is holding her in the street and then he's holding her in the cafe in the exact same position, just how quick those cuts are again you know like the smash cut famously first used in breathless i think calling attention to cinema and all the beautiful things you can do with cinema and just calling attention to i'm not a normal musical but i'm the or musical Mm -hmm. if you will you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i just i'm fascinated by it we just kind of want to sit and listen to yeah i'm just kind of looking from you this this movie yeah because i'm I'm like (laughs) I mean, I really found myself, I enjoyed this movie immensely. Yeah. Um, pro- more this time than I did the first time because I didn't know what I was getting into the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, uh, okay, that's was that's very unusual. I, I've <laughs> never seen anything like that. But this time I just sort of was just taken away, let myself be sort of taken away with it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and one of the things that's beautiful about it too is the story is pretty straightforward you know it's a wonderful sort of melodrama plot you know this plot of miscommunications and things diverging just how we don't expect it has much more of a life feel to it than so many musicals that have uh, this kind of artifice you know would Mm. would feel you know it feels much more like yeah even though we see them floating down the street, for example, like you said, and the colors are these pastels that we just don't see in real life. 
the story itself, the way that they sort of end up, things end up are very much like this is very real world feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of fascinating that those two things pitted against each other the way they are in this film. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was really surprised at how I went along with what was happening in the movie so quickly. Like when it's Guy in the gas station and they're just saying like the most mundane, they're singing <laughs> the most mundane things. Like I always want to say they're saying, <laughs> they're not saying it, they're singing it. And I was just like, this is weird, but I'm, I'm into this. Yeah, visually, it takes you for okay. I don't know how to say her name, Catherine. What's her last name? Denev. Denev. She is so ridiculously beautiful. It's like not fair. It like makes me angry. Like how fucking gorgeous she is. And her mother tells her that she's no beauty queen. I know. I was. Have you seen her? (laughs) No kidding. Did you see that shot of her looking straight at camera? (laughs) Like just how perfect her freaking face is. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I've seen her and stuff when she's older. So this is the first thing I've seen her when she was younger. Oh my God. Yeah. I was so taken with her. Such a beauty. Oh man. See Belle du Jour. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I think that might've been the first movie I saw her in was Belle du Jour. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> that's a different show. <laughs> uh, anyway, but um, that's like something I would like. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. it's uh, yes, you would. But one of the things that I, I just find so interesting about her, you know, too, I mean, she, she seems like one of those international stars that was kind of truly international. I, I suppose a later generation, it was like Juliette Binoche or something like that, where a French star who was just sort of known worldwide and seemed to be in everything all over the world, right? Catherine Deneuve is sort of that for the period that she was working. And mm-hmm. she's just so innocent and young in this so you know and you compare that to what what you see her doing later in you know Belle du Jour the hunger or some various things like that and you're just <laughs> oh, like oh my god wow. I totally forgot about the hunger yeah yeah <laughs> I love the um, hunger <laughs> yeah and you know one of the things too is like everyone is a competent singer but not everyone is like a masterful singer she's she's got an important yeah exactly it 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 Mm -hmm. adds it's like you're good but you're no gene kelly that kind of thing you know (laughs) (laughs) they have nice voices you know they're listenable but it's not like they are the big pros of musicals as far as musical like they have to be they're and they shouldn't be i think is is what it's more feels like you know yeah if you had a judy garland Mm -hmm. belting it out Mm -hmm. it would be so distracting yeah that would feel unrealistic in this world yeah Yeah. while i was taking notes for this i was like i should just write something about this damn movie because i have all these thoughts that i want to talk about yeah but I'm, I'm also interested sort of lead, by... us, lead us through i mean uh, yeah. michelle and i were talking <laughs> neither of us actually we were just sort of taken in by the movie we didn't Pretty take much. notes we're like we're just kind of like <laughs> oh wow so we're we're just like what's the things that you just really want to talk about and share with about okay. this movie it's 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 all you um and we'll just chime in when we yeah. have a thought that might go with it Awesome. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm I'm kind of glad that y'all didn't take notes because especially for a first time watch for you, Michelle, like I, lo- I like that you're taken in and you're giving the film your entire attention. Like I sat, I sat with my laptop on my lap and didn't take my eyes off the screen and just typed 
while I watch. So oh, I didn't wow. have to look at my laptop, uh -huh. but that's, that's why I've got like pages and pages and pages <laughs> of notes. Cause I was a stream of consciousness, yeah. just, but I, I'm glad that you were so taken in. This is a movie that you, it's really hard not to get immersed in this movie. Like it, it draws you into this world. Like I said, it's this hyper real world where it's the universe is slightly different from ours, but it's so gorgeous. So I'm really glad to hear that you weren't like, you know, taking no. notes and timestamps and stuff. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I couldn't. I was too yeah. taken with the movie. And, you know, you do mm -hmm. say that it's more, it is very heightened and stuff. And yet the story is, is almost too real and too simple, you know, yeah. because it seems, it seems very like a very common thing that happens, you know, just like two people fall in love. Uh, they separate something happens. They don't end up together. You know, that's how life goes. And that's pretty much what the story is, you know, but yeah, it still gets to you just from the way that mm -hmm. it's told visually and through like the emotion that you can hear in the singing in certain parts, uh, the way that the music will change. It'll be kind of like mm -hmm. um, slow and romantic and they'd be kind of jazzy. I, lo I love the little jazzy parts of yes. it. It's so much fun. Me so, too. Yeah, it's like a really interesting juxtaposition between like what it is and like what the actual story is. It's just it could be a really mm -hmm. boring, you know, like drama or, you know, comedy about you know these two lovers but instead they they take this huge different approach with it and it's really interesting really beautiful i don't know what else to say about it you know yeah no i mean i love that kind of especially american audiences if they're watching a musical they're kind of primed for a happy ending sure. mm -hmm. for yeah. maybe a, a you know a miscommunication and then they get back together again mm -hmm. and you're not let down by what happens but it's kind of the realization that, oh, God, this is real life. This is how things are. Mm -hmm. You know, things, your dreams don't come true. And you just kind of have to pick up the pieces and make do with what's left. And I, it's so hilariously French that it's so existential and not nihilistic, but it's just like, and then you grow old and then you die. And, you know, I'm like, <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> like, it's, I just, I love that it's so hilariously fr philosophically French. I, I say this a lot. I'm a big fan of unhappy endings. Sure. Yeah. So I think that's one reason this movie appeals to me so much. But yeah, I love that it, you're kind of primed from the genre uh -huh. to expect this happy ending. And then, God, I, I've, I'm just reading from my notes at certain points, so forgive me. But like, you can be happy with what you have and still mourn what you've lost, yeah. and it just the the weight of that just sits with me every time I finish this movie. And yeah. I just, I just cried for like ten minutes last night, just Aww. like, oh, like <laughs> because it's it's so beautiful and sad and so low stakes, but it's like the highest stakes ever. Like it mm. comes down to just such an intimate level, and I just love that so much. I almost kind of saw it in, as a happy ending in a way, too, though, because it kind of felt like it was saying you can have your happy ending, just maybe not exactly how you thought it was going to be, you know, because they both they both True. get what they say that they want at the end, but it's just not with each other. Mm -hmm. So True. that's yeah, that is like the bittersweetness yeah. of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, the whole existential thing and all that, <laughs> but it doesn't feel like a dreary ending to me. It's not like a no. It's not. It's not like a Godard film, you know. I mean, it's it's or <laughs> nobody or dies like or anything like that. It's just, yeah, yeah, or or even like a Truffaut <laughs> thing, you know, where things are just sort of bleak, <laughs> and you're just gonna go, all right. This is it it, 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 it. it like Michelle said. I mean, 
because they there's that scene towards the beginning where they're just walking by the docks and, and they're saying i'm gonna have a daughter named francoise and you know and then he's saying and i'm gonna have a gas station uh and i want a gas station yep. and it's well, that's it's exactly like, what i was thinking like the all the time. and it's sort of like they both end up with those things yeah that's exactly just what I was without thinking e- just just with different people <laughs> yeah I, I get a little bit, you know, sort of that hopeful feeling at the end. I love watching him just play with his child at the end mm-hmm. in the snow. I think yeah, that is just, yeah. just beautiful. I mean, that's one of my favorite things. You know, it's like it's totally. Christmas and everything is just kind of like they, they've got this lovely little family together. And yeah, it's not the two leads together, but it's still just this wonderful thing. I appreciated yeah, I don't, the I realism don't of it. it. Much. Yeah, 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 for sure. Me too. I don't think it's dreary or depressing. It just like like Michelle said, the bittersweetness of it, yeah. like the way that dreams have to change because mm-hmm. that's just how life is. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. just that always gets me like because it just makes me look backwards and think about you know things I had to change or things I had to lose or it it just gets me in a very nostalgic, wistful mood. So I always get into into my feels about it yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I'm I feel, with you. Yeah. it's definitely not yeah yeah it's definitely not not a dreary movie for anybody who hasn't seen it it's not gonna leave you no. like despondent or anything no. i don't think no. you might cry, but... <laughs> yeah you might do like so, a happy anyway, sad keep... crying at the end there you right, go the happy right. sad, the, our sing street episode yeah yeah um so, Anyway, we keep pulling you off from the. You keep Sorry. saying, "Oh, the point I was going to make." So, so let's let's oh, let's no. let's hear. Let's. I'd love to hear what what you were planning and saying here. What? No. Okay. So we have we've talked about the colors a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, but please, can we? one of the things <laughs> one amazing. of the things that fascinates me the most. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. I was talking <laughs> with some with like Kay um, yeah. from mm-hmm. Salem Horfest about the wallpaper mm-hmm. last night. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's just so gorgeous. I love the wallpaper. <laughs> Okay, most of my notes are about the wallpaper okay. and the wardrobes, because everybody at one point matches the walls, and how they are dressed relates to the other characters. I know! Like, Genevieve wears pink a lot, mm-hmm. and most of the wallpaper, like, the wallpaper in the shop is pink, and her mother wears red, and in the scene where Genevieve knows that she is pregnant, but has not yet told her mother that she is pregnant. She's wearing a different shade of pink than we've seen from her. And it's halfway between pink and red as she approaches motherhood. And I am just so fascinated with how smart that is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I am obsessed. Like I'm, I'm convinced I'm just going to write something on like the way that the wardrobe and the wallpaper relate with each other. Please do. But I'm just so fascinated with that. (laughs) It's such smart visual storytelling just subtly moving her towards motherhood in this way where she's not quite matching her mother but she's not clashing with her like she was before mm-hmm. and it's just so smart they when my, when they move from room to room the dynamic changes because suddenly one person's matching and somebody's clashing with the wallpaper and it always relates to the conversations that they're having it's okay for a movie just to be beautiful mm-hmm. and striking to look at, but every color in that movie is telling a story at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Which is just mind boggling to me. That took me a while to catch on yeah. to actually, like as I was watching <laughs> it, like I noticed it, of course, like, especially like with uh, Guy, I think, cause the blue of his, mm-hmm. yeah. and the blue of his shirt, I was like, Oh, that's cool. That matches. And then it like, 
it kept happening. And then like <laughs> uh, she would be wearing pink and her mom would be wearing red and they'd be in the pink room. And then her mom would go into her bedroom, which was red. And then they were in that mm-hmm. that one place with the dancing girls or whatever. And like, yeah, yes. He did. Yeah. yeah. But like the one girl was wearing like black um sequin kind of thing that matched like the screen and then like it mm-hmm. the camera went to another girl who was with a red wall and she was right i was like this is amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. this is amazing you know what? i don't know i don't know what it all means every bit of this <laughs> flew right past me i don't know I, so, so now i gotta even, go and watch this oh. again because i missed even, all of this even when um guy and Jean-Vierre were in um in like a the pub or something they're just like sitting at a table and it's like wood behind them mm-hmm. it's it still matches yeah. their coats and stuff i was like this mm-hmm. is ridiculously ingenious i i love it i don't but i haven't had a chance to i've only seen it once so i hadn't really had a chance to think <laughs> about what the colors mean so what's that about tell us <laughs> well it's about when the characters are in harmony with each other or clashing with each other sometimes uh-huh. it's really subtle like aunt elise's bed has these fabulous curtains and there's some trim on them and that matches madeline's, madeline's yeah. clothes and that that's, right. that's showing that madeline and Guy are initially joined together by elise that's their way of working in the relationship there she has a relationship with elise first and then she has a relationship with Guy. it's all these really subtle colors calling to each other and like putting these characters in harmony with each other or conflict with each other and tying them together, like fate bringing them together or tearing them apart. Like, that's how I see it. Wow. I mean, this is not me being authoritative and saying no, I this love is it. how that, it is. But... No, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my okay, so no yeah, the, I'll be <laughs> watching this, see this again very, very soon uh, because now I feel super dumb. <laughs> that is incredible because it's like oh man i don't know i i am a dude sorry wasn't there one Uh, part where first the best the best wallpaper in the whole movie is the the blue with the flowers on it isn't there one part where zombie was like wearing a dress that's almost exactly like the wallpaper yes it looks like somebody ripped the wallpaper off the wall and wrapped it around her yes yeah yeah that's she's she's pregnant at that point which Mm -hmm. is like it's like her nesting like she's literally becoming <laughs> part of the home True. like yeah. yeah i love that <laughs> that's that's just me spitballing now no that's I was, great like, I was, though that is i was taking notes so quickly her hairstyle like, Damn it, i'm writing a paper about this <laughs> well the, the times i, I would the times- love to read this yes <laughs> The the timestamps in the movie is also like just different months of the year. Her hairstyle changes with yeah. each month too. It mm-hmm, starts out mm-hmm. like very uh, girly, you know, like kind of like half up, like a little girl would, and then more subdued, yeah. like lower ponytail. I kind of I noticed that too, like her becoming more adult, and then like by the end, she's got that you know crazy big right. poofy the thing going on. Yeah. yeah, you're right, right. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's I, amazing how they age her mm-hmm. i saw that just her clothes and her hairstyles yeah and change her class completely like she's obviously not poor because she can afford to go to the dressmaker and have all these clothes made but just how much wealth she signifies just by how she's dressed to the end mm-hmm. like yes. it's incredible yeah. and that car she rolls up in and everything mm-hmm. i love just you know from a structural standpoint how it has you know these three nice little acts three sections is like the departure so this first part you know they're 
in mm-hmm. love, they're together. The second part is her while he's gone. And the, the third part is him while she's gone. I mean, it's mm-hmm. this couple that just sort of missed each other, you mm-hmm. know, but then they have this lovely moment at the end, you know, um, they're fine to see each other, but they're not desperate to see each other either. It's very interesting. And then, you know, the months and the, the but the, the, it's not, just sequential and it's not just the same year you know a year in the life of this thing you know it's it's time the passage of time and all that and it's just so wonderfully done even though you know it's covering these times of the year it it's not so literal as you have to have january you know february march you know in a row (laughs) i i I really like the way that just from a structural standpoint the film's built too is for both characters. And I think it's lovely Mm -hmm. how it's done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's really loose and jazzy, kind of like the score. Mm. Like it's like you said, it's not on a strict timetable. Like we have to tell them what was happening in January of 1962. No, they jumped to Christmas of 63 and Mm -hmm. they're leading such different lives. And you can tell what's been happening over the years since. And I'm curious what you think is happening in that final scene where they're talking to each other. Cause you talk about it being a lovely moment. I didn't see it as I don't know how <laughs> I don't see it as being a lovely moment. So I'm curious what you know, maybe okay, just the fact that they were able to see each other again, I guess yeah. is the only thing about it because yeah. they never clarify what happened. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> all right. Cause she says, you're right. It's not a lovely moment. So what she said <laughs> is, I'm glad I'm I'm editing this episode because I can cut it all out. (laughs) All right. So dare. (laughs) Give it all your mistakes. (laughs) I I usually do. Um, But anyway, um, because, you know, she's like, I'm writing these letters and I get nothing from him. And she's, he's like, I've written her all these letters and I haven't heard from her. Then they never say that to each other. They don't clarify what happened in the time between when they departed from each other, when they get back together uh, for the full few moments at the end. It's like, basically it's like she comes in. Does he even know that's his daughter out there? Yes. Okay. That's okay. All right. All right. Maybe I thought I knew this movie better than I did. (laughs) Okay. So, so you're helping me here. You're helping me here. I'm going to just stop talking because I feel like I'm just making a fool of myself here. Not at all. I thought it was was interesting. Yeah, they don't even really talk a whole lot in that last scene but no he's he basically just maybe you should just go you know and the way that ends and he's just happier with where he is i think he or they just kind of sees this world and they're just moved on and he's like i have this life i for me the lovely moment is actually when he is seen with his family you know at the at the end that that's i probably what i mean by that yeah, I just I always wonder about her. She doesn't seem particularly happy in the end. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she doesn't seem like she's having a very happy life. But maybe they just needed mm. or she needed maybe more than him. This one even though they don't have to talk it all out, maybe just a that one last moment of closure just to see each other again, just to know that the other person is okay. That's more what you it know. Is. Yeah. So yeah, and it's not it's not great closure. It's just sort of no. seeing each other. <laughs> they they've both accepted that they've both moved on 
and that it's mm. like okay it's nice to see you again and to have this lovely memory of this love that we once shared for a very brief time in our lives you know but yeah. we can't ever go back to that now so and that's gonna have to be fine mm. with us that's pretty much how i saw the ending you know right yeah <laughs> okay. maybe this has been projecting but i'm always like if i see an ex that I had a lot of love for. And I think in Genevieve's case, still have a lot of love oh, yeah. for. I'm not like, I'm not like, oh, it's nice to see you. I'm like, no, I'm going to spiral and, <laughs> you know, be depressed for a very long time yeah. thinking about how things turned out in life. Yeah. But I don't think that she ever loved Roland. No. And I, it, it was a marriage of convenience. Yeah. She had to give up at the behest of her mother quite a bit, mm-hmm. had to give up her true love and now seeing him happy and kind of kicking her out of his place, I just always feel so terrible for Genevieve at the end. Yeah. Because, you know, like you say, he has this great moment mm-hmm. with his loving wife and his son. And she drives off, all, admittedly, in her fancy car with her fancy fur coat. But but you know she's, she's going to go home crying into I a bowl think. of ice cream. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's why it always kind of wrecks And he's me, not. I think. Yeah. That's why that movie... Yeah, he's in a good place, but I don't think she is, even though she's wealthy. I saw from, I think the moment that Madeline came into the room, I was like, oh, the two of them are going to end up together. I know it. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew that's what they were setting up. Because she's just Mm -hmm. that um, perfect, like, Catherine is just so unbelievably gorgeous. And Madeline is just more subdued, you know, brown hair and just kind of quiet. The way that she sings every time, though, like some of them kind of change up the way that they sing. She always, she holds the notes really long when she says. She doesn't say much. And she's just, I don't know. It always seemed like she was like the calming factor <laughs> that guy was going to end up with, you know, at the end. That's, yeah. I, was, I could just see them together a little bit more easy than I could see Guy and Genevieve. Yeah. Yeah. And she was always giving him um, these longing looks, even Mm -hmm. when she was taking care of Elise. I could just always feel her eyes on him. So, yeah, for sure. She just felt like she was being very coy with him, you know, when she was singing Mm -hmm. to him, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think that's why this movie always kind of breaks me because I always put myself in Genevieve's place. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess, you know, because I'm a woman and she's a woman, I maybe that's the natural thing to do. But uh, yeah, also just I, because I'm an emo girl and like that's, <laughs> that's how I am. I guess I was finding myself in in Guy's position a little bit. So that mm-hmm. that makes total sense. You know, I was in Madeline's um, position. So. Well, there you go. <laughs> I felt like the Madeline of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the movie is particularly judgmental towards any of its characters. No, you know, I, I mean, don't think so. Even Roulon. He doesn't seem like an asshole. No. He actually seems like a genuinely decent guy who who is mm-hmm. genuinely in love with her and she's just not in love with to, him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. So it's sort of the anti, I guess, rom com or screwball comedy yeah. uh, in that sense too, because you know, usually you have a quote unquote rival, which he's not really. I mean, he just happens to be there, right? <laughs> you know, um, is uh he is is always sort of a dork or a jerk or, you know, something like that. <laughs> Whereas this it's it's that's not really the case in this movie to me. I didn't really see yeah. that. 
No, I mean, I think it would be fair to kind of resent him as a viewer because you want Guy and Genevieve to be together right. forever. As yeah, but I I'm with you. This is not a judgmental movie. That's one reason I love it so much and why it's so beautiful to me. It's not one character screwing over another, no. even though I have issues with her mother. Yeah. I'll say that. Her, her but, mother um, is, is the closest thing to a villain. The movie. Has, yeah. I think, yeah. But yeah. It, it's really just fate. It's just life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nothing that anybody can control. It's just, it's fate screwing people over, not people screwing each other over. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which again is something that always appeals to me when, when it's just like, sorry, you just got dealt a shit hand in life. Yeah. I relate to that, not to be like emo about it, but like I, <laughs> that really connects with me and yeah. I really appreciate stories like that. And her mom kind of sets that stuff in motion, you know, to go off from yeah. what Genevieve really wants to do with her life. But I mean, she's got to think of her daughter and taking care of both of them and a baby on the way. She's doing what she yep. thinks she can do to help support and protect everybody. True. Exactly. I mean, she's already in debt and then you're going to add a baby. Yeah. How much can you really blame her for that? I mean, yeah, it sucks yeah, for sure. that she's not in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> that she'd rather be with Gee, But again, this whole movie just kind of feels like it's saying that's life. You know, Yeah, that's what exactly. I got. That's what yeah. I get from it apologies to all French listeners, but it's very much sitting with your beret and your striped shirt, smoking a cigarette and saying, they love you. Pretty much that's it. And I love it. Yeah. I love you French listeners. I'm serious. But but yeah, I know that's what I love about it. It's possible to have a song in your head when you don't actually know what they're saying. Cause I've been like having this tunes from the movie. Like I have no idea what I'm, hearing the music and the singing in my head but i don't know what it's saying because i don't know french (laughs) (laughs) i listen to the soundtrack so much i should have it have the lyrics memorized by now but sometimes i just get so wrapped up in the music Mm -hmm. that i forget the lyrics and i find myself humming the love theme i'm not going to do it because i can't carry a tune to save my life but like (laughs) i find myself humming it a lot and then i cry of course because it makes me cry Mm -hmm. but (laughs) yeah so brian okay so talk to me about the music as a musician yes please is that that is not expertise that I have. I am not a musical person. I love music, well, but I Well, what's striking about it? Yeah, you're right. The themes do sort of work their way in and out, but there's not a great deal of formal structure. When you write a song or a musical or an opera or something like that, very few pieces of music are what they would call through composed, right? Where it's just constantly changing, you know, you bring in sections and you repeat them and you do them again you do with variation that kind of thing whereas here you know beyond those themes that recur it's mostly you know you're just writing all the way through and that is um something that makes this so much different you don't go into these big aria sections or big song sections in this instead it's mostly like i said before you know recitative you know which is the stuff in between that the 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 formal stuff you know um people are like oh that's where you sing on one note for the span of your dialogue that's not exactly true this is somewhere kind of between those things which is really interesting you know because you do have melody that comes in but you don't have a lot of this is the song and this is yeah. where it's going to go. This is the verse. This is the chorus. You know, you don't get that. And I find that really fascinating 
That's one of the things that I was drawn to most about this movie is that it doesn't fit traditional musical or traditional operatic or stage musical structures. It feels pretty completely unique uh, in that sense. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I have a whole lot of insight into the music, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> I was just surprised that it kind of felt like a song that lasted an hour and a half. <laughs> Did the, yeah. Does the music ever stop? I can't even really think mm. of any times. It seems like it's just kind of continuous. It just slightly changes from scene to scene. Yeah, because even... Now I'm going to rewatch it. <laughs> even when there is not sung vocals, there is yeah. still music on the Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is one of the things that is interesting about it, too. And I like how it changes with, like, there's one point where I forgot what she says. Um, Javier says something to her mom. She gets kind of mad at her. And, like, the way she's singing and the, the music matches it. Like, as if mm-hmm. it's, like, mm-hmm. it was mad. I forgot what scene that was. But I thought that was uh, really interesting. Yeah, I love that. And I, I wanted to circle back around to that opening because those mm-hmm. credits are pretty famous. You were talking to Michelle about yeah. how musicals have overtures. Mm-hmm. And to me, those credits are the overture visually. Yes. Nobody lingers in frame, really. No. And you don't see a lot of people together. It's just individuals going in different directions, entering and exiting. Mm -hmm. Just like people enter and exit your life and people go off in different directions and there aren't a lot of connections or there are misconnections. Like there are two people who walk past each other who almost bump into each other. To me, that's that's the, the visual overture for Guy and Genevieve having this misconnection. Like, mm-hmm. And it sets up the, the visual dynamism of the movie. Like it's so angular and so dynamic. And like even the way the raindrops fall down the camera around and like fall down to the ground. Everything's about movement and about this bustling small town life. Again, it's just a, a visual overture of like missed connections and people moving mm-hmm. and going on with their lives in different directions. And I'm just fascinated by that. That does make a lot of sense. I was because I was thinking about that while I was watching that like that some people would come in like from the corner and like people come in mm-hmm. from opposite directions and they would walk so mm-hmm. close to yeah. each other, even though you know, there's plenty of space for them not to do that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good interpretation of it, that that's kind of representative of those people that you get really close to, but then you know, don't really connect with entirely along the way. I exactly. like that. That's perfect. I love that. Yeah. I have a question, though. How successful can a shop be if it just sells umbrellas? <laughs> I wondered the same thing. <laughs> you, I mean, there are some parts of the country, I parts live of the world in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, I we we uh, you, we've got a few. There are some I've seen. Really, them. <laughs> I must not live in a yeah. place that does. I, was not, I mean, about that. not a lot. I mean, that's <laughs> that's. Even here, you don't necessarily go to the specialty shop to get your umbrella. But, you know. <laughs> that's have... why her mother owed 80,000 francs in taxes. <laughs> right. Because she doesn't make a lot of money selling <laughs> <The> umbrellas. <laughs> that's right. I like that song that she that her mom sings when she's talking about like, well, maybe I should sell my jewels. Well, maybe not. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. It's like, oh, nobody will really like this bracelet. It's like, that's where I kind of was like, I'm not sure if I like her or not. Let's talk about the mom. Okay. <laughs> do we like the mom? Yes. Yes or no? No, I do not. Really? I, I okay. Don't care for her. I understand the mother yeah. a little bit, but I don't care for her. Why is that? She is very self centered. Mm hmm. 
I don't fault her for this, but she obviously wanted Roland for herself before she realized that he was interested in Genevieve. You know, that song you mentioned where she's talking about selling the jewels, she's talking about they're going to lose their house. They're going to lose their... She owes all this money in taxes and she stops in the middle of everything and looks in the mirror and says, should I change my exactly. hair? Exactly, yes. Like, she <laughs> is so obsessed with herself. Yeah. And, you know, r- really unnecessarily cruel to Genevieve at times. Mm-hmm. Like like when she says yeah. she's not a beauty queen. Guy. Yeah. 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 And when Guy doesn't write her for a couple of months because he's off fighting a damn war and she's like, oh, he's forgotten you already. <laughs> like, that's not necessary. Uh, she, yeah. She's she's mean for no reason sometimes. And that's why I don't like her. Yeah. That's my sort of reaction to her as well. <laughs> it's pretty much exactly that. She's just sort of unnecessarily cruel for no apparent reason. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, you get the impression that she was not in the same position necessarily as Genevieve, but like it sounds like her husband was it was a terrible relationship. She got pregnant younger than she quote unquote should have. She obviously loves Genevieve, but the way she goes about it is something that rankles me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, I like, do not like the mom. <laughs> is it like that she's jealous of her? Or she holds some resentment for her. I think there is some of that. It kind of feels like maybe a little bit of both. Like some resentment maybe mm-hmm. for like what you know she did to her life. You know, she had her so young. Mm-hmm. She she's doesn't get um, as angry as I expected her to like uh, at the beginning when she finds out that she's pregnant. You know? Mm-hmm. I was surprised. Yeah. I was kind of surprised yeah. at that, that she was a little bit more accepting of it. And that was a funny line too. When um, Jean-Vierre says, you know, that it happened, <laughs> like the, the way that it happened was like the, the usual way or something. I love that yeah. line. Yeah, that's a good line. <laughs> that's, that's a good line. <laughs> she gets some good lines in on her mom. <laughs> she does. So the mom is, yeah, she's very selfish, but it's like, she's very contradictory of herself. Like she's very selfish, but then she's also, she does care about, you know, her and wanting to take care of the baby and yeah i don't know i i was kind of i was going back and forth with her on the whole movie pretty much i I do want to shout out this movie was funnier than i remembered it being because when when she finds out genevieve is pregnant she's like what will our friends and neighbors think and she (laughs) says we don't have any friends and you don't talk to the neighbors yeah so (laughs) i got that that made me laugh this time so hard you almost kind of miss those because it's singing and not being said Mm -hmm. and like there's no reaction to it i kind of love that yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is interesting how they react to one another because there's not like another going back to sort of the music, there's not like so much dynamic contrast. I mean, as far as loud and quiet and things like that throughout the mm-hmm. third, you're not like screaming at each other in when they're fighting or something like that. Yeah. Like you said, the tensions are are expressed in different ways. There's sometimes, you know, passion in the delivery, but it's not the same as like a fight scene in like, I don't know, a marriage story or something like that, you know, where, you know, (laughs) you're yelling at each other. Right. Yeah. So some of these sort of barbs that they hit at each other are just sort of expressed in different ways. You know, they just sort of woven into the lyrics and stuff like that rather than than being expressed in ways that are, I guess, come through in in the music or or just through like delivery of dialogue. And that's an interesting way that it 
comes through too, you know? Yeah. I think that's another thing that I love about this movie is when I went through my French movie phase, it was all sixties French movies Mm -hmm. and it's, there's a certain quality of sixties French cool. Yeah. That really appeals to me that kind of permeates this movie, even though it's very different in a lot of ways from a lot of other, you know, new wave films, obviously. They're more chill than Americans would be in this situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, That's is true. what I think you're responding to. They sort of dig at each me, other through wit rather than yeah. through, you know, yes. art being argumentative and yeah. uh, yes. passionate more or less, you know what i mean by that mm-hmm. yeah i guess that's what i was responding to a little bit you know just from what you were saying there yeah i just love this movie so much i'm so thrilled that you let me talk about it and i just again i'm part of me is like writing the paper that i want to write in my head so. <laughs> yay i like that well there you go <laughs> i like that we yeah. can inspire that yeah absolutely and i'm gl- i'm glad i got you to watch it and i michelle you said off um when we weren't recording that you hadn't even heard of this one before <laughs> so i'm thrilled I hope that anybody listening who hasn't seen it or heard of it will go out and watch it too. Cause I, I this is such a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Brian, it's way more accessible than you might. Yeah, think absolutely. For something yeah. like uh-huh. this. Yeah. yeah. Just I mean, reading about it. I was so unsure, but like pretty much as soon as it started, I was like, no, I can get with this. This is, <laughs> this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, and ex- it's extremely accessible because I think people think sixties French new wave they think black and white they think the the cigarettes and the you know jean-paul <laughs> sure. Mondo and you know all that <laughs> going I on haven't um, seen i haven't seen any yeah dark, which is a selling point for me like that, yeah. but like. i i really love that stuff this sort of meets somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. You've got that cool that you're talking about, what you get from, you know, Belmondo, for example, who's, you know, <laughs> I love, but then you also have, you know, sort of this love of, <laughs> of American musicals put together into yeah. that, but, you know, done in a way that is sort of the anti-musical too. I mean, it's, it's really, mm-hmm. uh, I, describing this movie i mean i i said to <laughs> michelle's like you know if you just try and just tell someone about this movie it sounds can you awful a, can you imagine a, <laughs> a, a, a pitch meeting with this movie in just like right? a hollywood studio he'd get thrown out on his ear yeah. you know because because the way this is and it uh, sounds just, awful and insufferable but it's not at it's all sh- it's like it shouldn't work yeah exactly but it's just kind of magic how it does and how it works so well and so beautifully yeah. you know um it's like okay so you're gonna make a musical that doesn't have any songs and no dance numbers and all the dialogue <laughs> is sung and it's a love story, but the lovers don't end up together. <laughs> Sounds like a real winner yeah. here, folks. Um, but you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's it doesn't fit yeah. into the, into the mold. That's one of the things that's so great else. about it is it's, yeah, it's, it's what is so great about it is it is just sort of completely unique unto itself. Um, you know, I know Demi mm-hmm. made other, he made, I haven't, I was going to watch it. I just couldn't, find the time was I was going to watch the young girls of Rochefort, um, which yeah. I haven't seen yet. I haven't either. And, and just, you know, hope to maybe, you know, how do these two speak to each other? Um, you know, but I just didn't have the time, but I was watching uh, the, 
special features that Criterion had up on their channel. And Mm -hmm. um, there was something about another film of his that's also referenced in this one, Lola. I've heard of it. Because Roland talks about, you know, the the woman that he Mm -hmm. missed, you know, being with was named Lola. Apparently that was like a reference Mm -hmm. to this other movie, which they showed clips from it. That one looked really cool. So I might want to check that out. I have no history with like French new wave, any of this stuff. It's another, this is another area that I have, I know nothing about, but now that I've kind of dipped my toe in, I'm maybe ready to go a little bit further. I thought I saw a big, huge poster for Cleo de Saint-Gasset, but I don't know if I was imagining things or not. Uh, I'm not but sure. But I thought I saw a big poster mm. for it. So it, it was really, but it was really striking and beautiful and colorful. So it might just have been set dressing that had nothing to do with the movie, but I saw the numbers five and seven. So, oh, so I assumed that was what was what it that was, would make but. sense. I'm a Agnes Varda fan. I've become a big fan of her work over the past couple of years here. And so I knew that she and Demi were connected. I've seen much more of her work than of his. So it's, yeah. it's just kind of you know what i gravitated toward i guess but boy with how much this movie with how just i mean it masterful on a technical level but also just in its sort of completely unique vision and approach to all forms of genre and its love of movies Mm -hmm. it's just like I, i i gotta see more from this guy you know and i just haven't yet yeah you could almost watch this one and just kind of focus on different things like the whole time you watch it. You could watch it just for the music. You could watch it just for mm-hmm. the visuals, the colors, or you could just watch it for the story. And either way, it's or it's apparently fascinating just for the wallpaper. Just which I go back and watch the wallpaper and the costumes now <laughs> because I <laughs> Whew. Whoops. Um, it is yeah. fascinating to watch it from any any of those ways. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or you can just watch it and just be swept away like you mm-hmm. both were watching it this time, which which is how I was just entranced the first time I watched it. And like this is the first time I've ever watched it with like a critic hat on and trying to take notes and, you know, remark on things that I noticed. But yeah, it's so easy to get swept away mm-hmm. by this movie because it's so... Like it, it really is a whole different world and it's just so gorgeous. Yeah. This is one where I kind of had like a little smile on my face. Like the whole time I was watching, I was like, this is just so pretty. And so like, I'm just like so taken with this. I kind of love this. Thank you for getting me to watch it. So yeah. Glad. I loved yeah. it. Yay. I'm glad you liked it. I loved it. it. <laughs> I would have been, you know, I, not that I would have blamed you cause I'm not going to be like, Oh, how dare you not like it. But I would have been so sad if you didn't like it. Cause I hate recommending things and people are like, yeah, I hated yeah. that. No. <laughs> We've been lucky so far. It hasn't happened yet. (laughs) I got to admit, I was sitting around today thinking about this recording going, I don't really know what to say about this movie besides it's pretty. It's pretty. (laughs) and, And sometimes it made me sad. You know, it was like, that, that, that was about it. I was like, it's been actually really nice, frankly, to just kind of, listen to you two talk through some of these things that I clearly missed um, and need to uh, need to try again, you know? Um, anyway. 
that's how I was when we talked about Suspiria on Scaredy Cats. And that was my fear with this movie before this rewatch. Because yeah. I was like, oh, I'm just going to sit there and say, oh, it's so pretty for an hour. Right. Like, <laughs> they're they're going to be like, why did we invite her on to talk about this movie? <laughs> When we talked about Suspiria, I was still like, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what I was going to say. I, I, I was like, I have nothing, nothing intelligent to say about this movie whatsoever. Um, but hey, at, <laughs> at the same token, like I said, you know, I came away from that movie going, you know, I still give this five stars, even though I have no idea what what is going on here. Uh, it, it's 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 that's one of the things that's kind of amazing about a movie like Suspiria and this is far more you know sort of something that you can sort of find your way into than Suspiria (laughs) so I mean (laughs) but visually it's actually a really apt comparison because visually they're so Mm -hmm. both so stunning uh, in completely different kinds of ways you know Uh, that's one of the Mm -hmm. things that's so great about a filmmaker who is so visually I mean you can tell it's just someone who just really knows what they're doing is making this movie. Yeah, it's interesting comparing them because both of them famously use color really yeah. beautifully, but the the shadows in Suspiria versus like there are some s- scenes where there are no shadows yes. because the light on set is so bright mm-hmm. and so intense. And now I'm like, well, we can ri- I can write about Suspiria and the umbrellas of Shreveport. <laughs> Nobody can stop me. Like- <laughs> there you go. Do it. <laughs> yeah. I expect an article. Yeah on this movie in the next few months, Jessica. (laughs) Okay. Deal. Thank you. (laughs) Excellent. Um, So were were there other things that you were just like, I really, really want to talk about this. Anything at all. Anything at all. Certain scenes, characters, anything. I I, want to rewatch it to look at the different transitions. Yes. Because Mm -hmm. it, you know, it opens with the Iris at the beginning, Mm -hmm. like very, strategically like okay you are now watching a movie Mm -hmm. you know um and sometimes they fade to black and he does it in unexpected times so i want to go back and re-examine that but i like that even in the transitions he's very much calling attention to the fact that this is a movie like he's like i said this is a movie that is in love with the making movies and i don't know how you watch this without a smile on your face you know i don't know how you watch this without coming away and loving movies just that little bit much more Mm -hmm. and but yeah i'm i'm fascinated with the transition so that's something i on my rewatch to do some research on it i'm going to pay more attention to when they fade when it fades to black when it's got a an unusual cut Uh uh-huh um and maybe listen for any time there's any silence at all on the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't Yeah, think that's the, something the that never occurred yeah. to me. It never I think I probably would have noticed silence cuz there's so much yeah, sound. Probably. Mm. We just had to know. pad it out a little bit cuz we got to cuz we got to cut out that part where I sound like a complete moron. So <laughs> you sound like a moron. <laughs> You did not stop. I'm very hard on myself sometimes, and but um, the wallpaper yeah. matches the costumes. The, I'm serious. Um, whoa. Watch. Mind blown. Okay, so I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm just surprised that you didn't notice that. The weird thing is, there's something I would notice usually, and so I don't. I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, well, with so many colors happening on screen at yeah. once, I can see not noticing because there, there are so yes. much color. It's an explosion every every frame. Mm-hmm. So I, you, I forgive yourself, Brian, because it's not, <laughs> it's not obvious when you're like just like, oh my god, it's a neon explosion. And, and I'm probably, you know, and I gotta admit, I think I was 
watching this movie more just without the critics hat on, you know, sure. um, you know, I was, I was yeah. really just kind of, yeah, and you were too, um, just sort of letting it happen to me a little bit, even mm-hmm. though I have seen it before, it's been some time. And, you know, I think that first time I was just like, I don't know if I get this, if I'm being honest, <laughs> but this time it was like, oh, this is just lovely. Uh, in so many ways and you know sad and pretty and all those things that we've been talking about through this whole episode so excellent choice and um, yeah i don't think one of the things i thought was really funny was in your dm to me it's like if someone else has already if you've already (laughs) talked about it or someone else has already claimed it you know um, you know i can pick something else (laughs) i was like i think we're okay in my head, everybody, like all the kids are clamoring to talk about this yeah, movie in my brain. Yeah. So I was like, well, surely someone else has claimed it. Uh, well, uh, all the cool kids are watching the umbrellas. I'm sure. Yeah. And, they, and the thing is, the thing is, they should be. They should be. They should be. Not, absolutely. They should be because it's a wonderful movie and a wonderful experience and uh, really are thankful that you brought it on for us Um, thank you so much i'm thrilled i'm so thrilled that you were both so carried away by it that you took the critics half yeah like that i'm so happy hearing that because it is a movie that sweeps you away so i'm thank you so much for letting me ramble about it of course (laughs) it reminds it reminds you you know and sometimes when you when you watch movies all the time because you're writing about it or because you're going to talk about it or because you're having to review it or something like that you kind of forget why you love movies a little bit and that's hard to say but it's true you know and this is one of those movies that just reminds you you just go oh this is why this is what movies can (laughs) do like like um you know one one of my favorite movies is magnolia got the poster behind me you know, the, the scene where they're all just singing the same song and it's weird and it shouldn't work and it shouldn't fit in a movie like that. Things like that reminds me why I love movies. And this movie is pretty much that from beginning to end. Yeah, pretty much. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's <laughs> exactly. one of the things that's so wonderful about it. Yeah. When you said that, when we first started talking, I was like, yeah, that's pretty much the feeling that I had like when I was watching it, like, because I was so happy and so smitten with it when it was over i was just like that was just really lovely <laughs> and that's kind of, that was the yeah. feeling that was like oh yeah movies are freaking cool sometimes a lot of times yeah. and this is one of them <laughs> yes yeah. oh i'm so thrilled hearing that yeah. but yeah i just i only gave it four stars i think i have to bump it up to five i kind of i kind of love this i think you should <laughs> <laughs> if it reinvigorates your it love does. for film i think yeah. it you owe it five stars <laughs> Okay, so it sounds like we've. Uh, I don't want to. Everyone, everyone yeah, covered what they wanted yeah. to cover. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm not going to come up with wait. Oh, I forgot this. You know, five hour screed about this one scene that I love so much. <laughs> you can, you can if you want. You, you, you <laughs> no. <laughs> we've got an episode coming out. Uh, you know, tomorrow after we're recording this, that uh, was five hours of us talking, cut down to what. <laughs> Less than four. It's so three hours good. and forty minutes now. Thank you very much. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I did. I've 
scissors <laughs> all over the place with that one. <laughs> Our whole thing is, you know, just make us sound cool. You know, yeah. whoever's editing, just make us sound cool. That's yes. Please make me sound. <laughs> that, that's all I ask. You don't need our help. No, that. that will be no problem. You don't need our help. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So, uh, Jessica, where can we find you? Where can people find your work? Tell us a little, anything you want to plug. Any of those things. Uh, the floor is yours. Okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter at We Who Walk Here. I'm on Twitter way too much, so I'll, I'm around if you need to talk to me about this movie or talk to me about horror movies, anything. I'm always sharing my writing. I'm an editor for Film Cred. I write at (laughs) Daily Grindhouse. I've written for Dread Central, Inverse, uh, Certified Forgotten, Nightmarish Conjuring, a lot of places that I tweet about a lot. Definitely, you're um, definitely yeah. one of the busiest writers. Uh, you are on uh, on the web right now. I, I can tell you. I was like, it's like she's I got try, another piece I, coming out. Good God! <laughs> See, and I feel like I never do anything. I'm like, God, people are going to forget I exist. You always got something new. <laughs> but yeah, you know, podcast appearances, cosplay, things like that. I'm always sharing on Twitter. So I'm at We Who Walk Here on Twitter. That's We Who Walk Here, all one word. Um, just come say hi to me and tell me how much you love this movie after you yeah. go and watch it because I know you all will. Yes. <laughs> What's your Twitter handle about? It's from The Haunting. We who walk here walk alone. I for The Haunting of Hill House. But I didn't recognize I, that. I saw the movie before I read the book. So yeah, I've read yeah. the book and I've seen the movie and I did not recall that. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Cool. <laughs> okay. And then there's us. Yeah, so there's we us. are we are not really sure when we're going to drop this episode. Yeah. This might because. Um, we only have like five slots for the whole year for our on our schedule for oh. for friends forever favorites, and that's just not enough because we have so nope. many people who are um, excited to be on the show. So we're going to start releasing these as bonus episodes, and this is probably going to be the first one released as a bonus episode. So we're not really sure where it's going to land. So yeah. we're not going to announce our our next. Yeah, we can't do the what's coming up next thing. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was yeah. like, wait a minute, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. Did we? <laughs> yeah. So, so we're not going to announce what our next episode is, but we, uh, we have our whole year sort of figured out for our regular show. So thank you for listening to this uh, special bonus episode and you can find me on Twitter at Brian D Kuiper. You can find me at Michelle in Egan and you can find the show at movie life pod. Give us a follow, give us a rate and review on iTunes, on Spotify and Stay tuned for more great stuff from, well, we hope you think it's great from our show and more guests to come in the future uh, to discuss their favorite movies. And uh, so excited. Uh, again, thank you, Jessica, for coming thank on. Thank you so much. And, yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Thanks so much. And what are we going to do, Michelle? We will see you all next time. Bye. Say bye. Bye.